Listen, and listen, before we start, can I just say a massive, massive thank you so, so much. We've had a ridiculous amount of lovely comments about our little podcast. He's taken off and we're so, so grateful. We're going to do another little mini episode actually soon talking about the response we've had. We'll have a readout of some of your kind words as well. But for now, thank you. They've all been read. They've made us all weep and smile. And it's all just been a bit overwhelming, especially when you add in a 10-week-old, a four-year-old, and a long-distance Spanish dancer into the mix. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Right, back to this week, though, now. Social media mess-ups is what the Overshare is all about. Now, surely, right, this is something we can all relate to. If, if, if it's not us, there'll have been someone in your office or your family or your circle of mates who's got a tale about texting the wrong person, maybe slipping on their WhatsApp or falling asleep on their Facebook. But I suspect they've not cringed quite like the people you're about to hear from. Right, now this is a warning again. You know it, it's perhaps not for young ears. So if you are listening with children present, perhaps uh, pause and, uh, and revisit later on when they're not there. Coming up in this overshare... I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I've sent this to my boss and what am I going to do? And she went, go home sick. Just in the same way as you wouldn't put a learner driver on the M1, you don't give your child a completely enabled smartphone from the word go. I flicked the stake and it landed straight in his face, <laughs> purposely aimed, and it just went all down him, down his new top and everything else. And I said, you know where the door is. And I locked him outside in my back garden, knowing full well he had to climb over the fence to get out of my garden. Yeah, and was it like pants on, pants off? Like, what could you really see? <laughs> I bet part of your boss was a bit jealous that, he, you know, he hadn't had that night with you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And our friend and expert, Abby Blaze, is back. Hello, Abby, you all right? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Now, Abby's becoming quite a star, actually. We're convinced this podcast series is going to rocket you to stardom, Abby. You're going to be up there. She's going to be joining us through these stories on social media downfalls. Oh, little dog, what breed? Are we need breed okay? the names of the dogs. Uh, I've got so can you uh, can I see you or is it just your voice? I'll I'll You should you'll be able to see us hopefully in a minute. Producer Matt's just nipped out to try and turn something on. Oh come on, producer Matt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sort you like look, that, Matt. Let me let me turn my phone around because I can't so this is oh, Milo. Oh look at Milo's little Shih Tzu. Little Shih Tzu. Oh, yes. Look at Milo. Then this is this is my old boy. Oh. And I've had to bring his bed downstairs because he can't get upstairs anymore. Oh, bless he's him. He's 13. So when you put on about Ollie and Norman, I feel yeah. for you because this is my... Look at his... He's Little even got grey eyebrows oh. now. Yeah. Look at him. <laughs> they have a grey eyebrows so and grey beard, don't they? I know, yeah. So that's my two boys. So welcome to the Overshare, Karen. Now, Karen, I believe you've done something that we've all probably done at some point. You can't be the owner of a mobile phone without making this mistake. Now, maybe not not quite on your scale, though. So go on, Karen, talk us through what happened. I can't even believe I'm telling you this. Oh, my God. I'm embarrassed thinking about it, and it's about 15 years ago. I were, I were a PA for uh, one of the partners in the firm and uh, we sat in like a bit of a recess. So it was kind of an office with no door on. You could see it rest at office and his team sat outside. There were about eight or ten, between eight and ten of them. He used to be in and out of meetings all the time. 
he were out at a meeting this particular day, so I sent my husband a message. Would dad, am I allowed to say it, make up sex the night before? Oh, fabulous. We'd had a row, and obviously it's better than normal, isn't it, when yeah. you do make up so <laughs> And I was sat there, and my boss were out, and I thought, oh, I'll send him a message. So I sent him a message saying, oh, you know, last night was fantastic. I hope we can do it again tonight, blah, de, blah, de, blah. A bit more explicit, but you get yeah, the gist. Yeah. So I didn't get a reply, and I thought, eh, he wouldn't have enjoyed it as much as me. So <laughs> then I looked about an hour later, and I thought, oh, my God, why didn't he reply to me? And I looked at my phone, and... I'd put a name, they didn't have the same name, but I'd put a name before his, his, my husband's name so that it were at the beginning of my, my contact list. And, oh, my God, that moment, I sat there with my head in, in my hands. I burst into tears then. Why? Thought, Who did it go to? And it to my boss. That I put <gasps> it. So me and my boss used to literally, they were all of the two desks facing each other. It were in my eyes view. I burst into tears. I went upstairs to see my friend. I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I've sent this to my boss and what am I going to do? And she went, go home sick. Tell him you're sick. So I went downstairs. <laughs> I need to go home. I'm not well. Went home thinking, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Didn't tell my husband because we used to go to do's with him. We'd been to his house for barbecues and that. I thought, if I tell my husband, my husband will feel awkward. If if I say out to my boss, I thought, well, what do I do? So... I literally, it were never mentioned again. <laughs> I moved my monitor so it were in his eyes view so I couldn't see his face. And I worked with him for another five years and it were never ever mentioned again. <laughs> <laughs> it's that moment, isn't it, when when uh, pa- panic sets in? Because, yeah, and your stomach churns. I, I mean, I bet, uh, I bet part of your boss was a bit jealous that, he, you know, he hadn't had that night with you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I just sat there and I thought, you know, when you literally freeze. Yeah. And, I, and what the hell do I do? I just went home. And I just walked in day after like normal. I went, morning, you're all right? Like that. And he went, yeah, you. And I went, yeah, fine. I bet I thought, I wonder if you've been at it last night again. <laughs> Well, I was going to, I bet it is from a guy's point of view, Abby, I bet it's quite embarrassing as well for them when they, re- especially your boss. I mean, yeah, but I, mean, I guess it depends on the person because some people are like super liberal, other people are like more closed and stuff. So it's just well, like, just what depends. about 20 years older than me. I think it's fabulous. I mean, I don't, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to picture my boss now and I don't, I don't even think, oh no, he doesn't even bear thinking about if I sent it to my boss. Would you, what would you do in that situation, Gemma? Would you like I'd have address to, it or? I'd, you... I'd have to come in like, the, I'd, I'd have come in the day after and say, I'm really sorry, I've had my phone stolen. I can have everyone... <laughs> Everyone can get me on this new number, but my phone's gone missing. So if you get any friend requests and things oh, like that, it's strange. It's strange not me. Emails, yeah, yeah. Well, I like that. It's a bit deceitful, but I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't know what I, I just didn't know what I could say. And then the longer it went on, then it were an issue. So I just didn't say, "Oh, I just didn't say." Oh. <laughs> so to to this day, your your husband still doesn't know that your your ex boss knew about how good he was in the sack. No, thank God, thank God, he's an ex husband now, so I never have to bring it oh, up. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> Karen, thank you so much. Love to you all, and I, and I watch all your stories, Gemma, and I think you and Gawker and kids are wonderful. You, oh, thank you do an amazing job. All Thanks, right, no Karen. worries. 
Next to the overshare is Claire. Now, we had loads and loads of messages from people who found out their other half was cheating via social media. And I believe this happened to you, didn't it, Claire? Tell us what happened. So I was in um, just short of a two-year relationship at the time. Um, and we decided to have a bit of a break and thought that was it. And then decided, uh, we'll try and patch things up. So it was... The rose-tinted sunglasses were back on and everything was hunky-dory and we'd gone out for a, a lovely kind of refresher date, starting again, and uh, we were back at mine and I was cooking him a very expensive steak dinner that I couldn't afford, that I was trying to impress. And uh, he was outside with my dogs, just kind of soaking up the summer sunshine and all that. And uh, I was in the kitchen. I thought, oh, well, everything's preparing. I'll go online and just kind of just go on my Facebook, see what's going on in the world while I've been out that day. And I saw a post from his uh, roommate and it was a picture of, well, my now ex, then time, you know, trying to get back together boyfriend, looking a bit worse for wear the night before. And the uh, tagline was, for someone with a new girlfriend, you don't look very happy. Mm. And the comment below was from said girl saying, don't worry, I make him very happy. So you can imagine my my heart was racing. my my face was probably about as hot as the frying pan with the steak at that time. And uh, I thought, no, this can't be it. There's no, this has to be a time delay because we, we'd been on a break for about a month. So maybe it was an old post, but the uh, the timestamp was the day before. So I went, right, okay, don't read too much into it. Give him credit. And then I looked at the shirt he was wearing and the shirt he was wearing was a T-shirt that my mum, it was a kind of funny slogan phrase thing. My mum had thought it was quite funny and had bought it for him. So I knew it was very fresh. <laughs> and I thought, wow, so for someone feeling worse for wear, this was last night where he told me he had a headache and he couldn't answer my phone call. So I had to compose myself and I was like, right, what do I do? I thought, oh, do I just confront him nicely? Do I do, do, I, do I go out screaming and ranting? What do I do? I thought, sod it. So I... <laughs> I picked up the frying pan off the stove with the steak and I went outside carrying laptop in one hand, frying pan in the other. I said, do you have anything to say about this? And he looked at it. He was like, oh, that, that was ages ago. I said, look at the T-shirt. Mum bought you that. And I literally, you know, on Pancake Tuesday where you flip the, ste- yeah, flip the, <laughs> the pancakes. Pancake. <laughs> I, I flicked the steak and it landed straight in his face, <laughs> purposely aimed. And it just went all down him, down his new top and everything else. And I said, you know where the door is. And I locked him outside in my back garden, knowing full well he had to climb over the fence to get out of my garden. <laughs> I wouldn't let him back in. That I'd was my have, story. I'd have tied the stake to his leg and let the dog chase him. <laughs> so I'd have done. I, I, did have, I did have two Rottweilers. So oh, they were more keen ooh. on eating the steak out in the garden than climbing him out, climbing <laughs> him in the back garden. But um, as, yeah, as he was locked out trying to bang the door and then figure out how to climb the fence, I did write a little uh, comment back to the said girl. I said, you may want to check where he was tonight, dot, 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 and left it there. Um, and then I didn't speak to them. I let them all figure out what happened afterwards. He'd uh, unfriended me, so he thought I couldn't see the posts, but didn't realise I was still friends with his roommates. They, they, they're not it's clever funny. enough mm. to lie, are they? To no, be a liar, not. you've got to have a really good memory. <laughs> I wasted a good steak. That was my only concern. <laughs> and Abby, obviously, I you're... the sandwiches the day after. <laughs> your role, Abby, is a matchmaker. And, mm. and with the dating advice that you give to people, do you find that more people are separating because of social media? Mm. And even, like, before people get into a relationship, there's loads of snooping that goes on and things that can be found out. Like, someone I know 
recently found out that the guy she was dating quite casually was dating someone else because she saw him on a date in the background of someone's Instagram story. Oh, wow. It's like, so we're, we're policing people from the very beginning. Yeah, definitely. And if you're policing, you probably like not going to find something about somebody that's going to put you off. It must be like exhausting to be mm. that cheating person. The angle that got him was the shirt. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, my mum said it was the, the best 10 quid she wasted and <laughs> and one at the same time. It saved me years of heartache afterwards. <laughs> oh, bless Has her. Has that influenced you at all moving forward in terms of like how you trust people? Majorly, majorly. It's uh, I overanalyze everything that people say. My dad used to say they tell the truth, but maybe not the whole truth. A colleague of mine thought years and years ago that his partner was cheating on him. And he told me about it and I literally said, G- give me 10 minutes, what's what's the Instagram page? And literally within 10 minutes I found out she was. Wow. And I sent him the evidence. And I, part of me to this day feels quite bad about it because I'm like, oh, it probably wasn't my place to find that information out. Mm. But at the same time, he, you know, he was wondering if it was going on and it, and it was. And as soon as he had that, he ended it. It was all he needed to end it. But yeah, I found out on social media just by going, right, this picture, this date, following him, following that place. You go through like a chain. Mm. It's it's like a dot to dot. And then bam, there's the picture of them together when she told me mate she was somewhere else. God. So uh, yeah, I felt like I worked for the FBI. (laughs) Did you feel a bit like proud of yourself? I felt quite special. I was like, there you go. It's proven. (laughs) But then it was a bit awkward because about a year later they did get back together and it was like, well, I can't ever be in her company again. Um, But it didn't last. (laughs) You know, it, it goes with things now, even, I mean, not just relationships, but, you know, if family members put a photo up of, I don't know, your kids with their cousins and another cousin's missing from the photo is, oh, why have you left that them out? Everyone's overanalyzing too much. And I find a lot of it, a lot of my friends and family members have moved away from social media because the 20 questions that come with a post, I go through an annual cull of friends because I'm like, do those people need to see my posts? Yeah. If I'm walking down the street, would I say hello to them? Or am I just just getting, you know, accumulating friends to get the numbers of, you know, yeah, friends on true. my page? You know, what's what's my kind of remit for having social media? So I think as you get older, you kind of your your opinions on social media change as well and what, what use it is for you. Claire, thank you so, so much. And uh, we've all been there. When you said early, you know, 1920s, we've all been there. I have been there multiple times. Uh, But we get out of it. That's a good thing. We live and learn. Um, Thank you for joining us, Claire. Thanks so much. Thank you. Next on The Overshare, as we talk about social media fails, Tanith joins us. Now, Tanith's an author and has had first-hand experience in dealing with similar matters to these poor parents here who have been through some social media grief with their kids. Now, we'll get to those in a second. Hi, Tanith. Welcome to The Overshare. Now, you're a child behaviour guru, aren't you? So you've written quite a few books around the thinking of teens, I believe. Yeah, well, I've written a a suite of books called What's My Child Thinking, What's My Tween Thinking and What's My Teenager Thinking. So, yeah, I've covered a lot of scenarios that parents face. Well, 
you, in that case, we thought, well, we need to get you on to go through some of the stories that have been sent to the Overshare. We've had quite a few on WhatsApp and email. We had one from Georgia. Um, she says, hi, Gemma. I was horrified when one of the mums from my daughter's school messaged me with a selection of screenshots from a conversation between her daughter and my daughter via WhatsApp about my daughter being gay. She says, I was horrified to find out this way. I was fuming, which only made matters worse because my daughter confused the anger I had over finding out via someone else with anger over her being gay. I'm clearly not angry about that. I don't think for a second I handled it properly. So, I mean, that's, I mean, what a way to find out, I guess, from your daughter's friend and not not your daughter yourself. The mum is absolutely right that often kids teenagers particularly or tweens as well um interpret our kind of our own feelings of maybe kind of dismay or surprise or shock as disappointment in them and as this woman as this mum says she's not disappointed in her daughter she just feels maybe a little bit let down that her daughter hasn't come to her but i mean to be honest i mean your mum isn't necessarily the first person you would come to to process your feelings about your emerging sexuality. Teenagers are forming their identities and they have an innate knowledge that basically parents are uncomfortable hearing about their sexuality because they know that parents see them as children. They don't really see them as sort of, you know, sex, as, as, as people with sexualized feelings. So it's entirely normal. The other mum sending the message, was she in the right yeah. to do that? I'm, I'm trying to think if it was one of Mia's friends, would mm. I let their mum know? You don't know, I don't know what I'd do. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of questioning the other mum here and what she's achieving out of this and, and how she had access to these messages. And she's kind of creating a little bit of a drama going, oh, look what I found. And really, this is a private conversation, isn't it, really? Yeah. So I'd be kind of questioning the motives and uh, maybe the slightly dramatic behaviour of the other mother. Um, I think what I'd say to this mother is that uh, the mum that's written in is that we all have the opportunity to rewind and admit we made mistakes and say to our children, can we do this over? And in fact, that's an incredibly important um, teaching and learning opportunity. So she could go to her daughter and say, oh, I'm really, can we do that again? I was a little bit shocked that somebody else had, had found out about this first you know I love you um, I want us to be able to communicate I totally understand that you wanted to tell your friend first but like if there's anything you want to talk about with me about this I am totally here for you and never be afraid of anything you're going to tell me because I'm going to support you and and I, I think what we want to say to our children when they're having these emerging sexuality is that you know they're in the process of finding their identity and whichever direction they go in we will be in the in the seat, the passenger seat next to them as they make these decisions. And I'm I'm curious, is it because my sister's got uh, three children? She's got two boys and a girl, and they're all really really open. They've got a family WhatsApp, and they're they're very very open about things. But would it is it different for boy in your experience with your writing? Is it different for boys and girls in how they communicate? Is it more because you typically assume, oh, I've got a daughter, so she'll tell me everything, and my son will tell his dad everything. But is that usually the case or not? I think that it sadly is the case, but that's not because boys don't want to talk. It's just that they're socialised to believe that they shouldn't express uh, emotion as openly as girls. Mm. So I, I think we definitely need to encourage our boys and, and just and say to them, yes, all emotions are allowed for, for you too, as well as your sisters. 
A lot of food for thought. Thank you. We also had a message from, from Kellyanne, and I believe you've experienced this as well, Tanny, firsthand. This message says, Hi, Gemma. My husband took me away for a romantic anniversary break in the lakes. We'd just settled down to an amazing meal. It was our first dinner without the kids in years when my neighbour phoned to tell me 30-odd kids had turned up to my house. It turned out my 14-year-old son had a Snapchat account that I had no idea about and the week leading up to us going away, he'd been organising a party. We raced back home to complete mayhem. Now that, that's the, that'd be horrendous. I absolutely love this letter because, yes, I fully admit I have... No, I'm not going to say admit. I have been through this and I, I know that it is every parent's sort of nightmare. But um, having been through it um, and having rationalised what happened, I do have some perspective on this. And, you know, some of this is part of the teenage uh, development. I mean, teens are prone to take risks at this age. Their prefrontal cortex, which is where they make their decisions, is still wiring up. Um, I mean, my own daughter did this and I was I had a similar call. I was out on a date night with my husband. Um, I got a text from my older daughter who was sort of left in charge going, we have a situation <laughs> when my older daughter <laughs> says that. We got to the to our road. Literally, it was like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. There were crowds of, of teenagers in the front garden. Some of them were trying to break the window in. Um, there was a bouncer, but they, he was struggling to hold uh, the uh, door back. But I mean, you know, what I always a say. Bouncer. Oh, so she's they had a bouncer. I was going to say, she's like arranged well, it like a proper club. Friend, actually, yeah. Oh my <laughs> they charge in the entrance. Yeah. I mean, she freely will admit that was the most stressful night of her entire life. <laughs> <laughs> And she would never want to repeat it because obviously, can you imagine what you're thinking? You're seeing all these people, these crowds of people like trying to, you know, get in your house, treating your house disrespectfully. It's completely out of your control. I mean, she was completely like completely traumatized by it. And she said to me, yeah, that was the worst night of my life. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, most damage can be repaired. Most mud can be cleared up. um, And, you know, that's what happened. And and I I know and I've gone away again leaving her in charge of the house and it's all been fine because I know she wouldn't want to repeat it so I I do think that we just have to see it in terms of development and we have to see it as learning experiences and you know teenagers learn it learn best from experience not from us nagging and sort of like bracing them and telling them what they should be doing we've had a lot of stories you know about kids and social media because I think it's a difficult one because all kids want social media they nag you for it we want to be on snapchat facebook instagram tiktok they all want to be on all of them and especially if their friends start being on them and and no mm-hmm. one tells us as parents what the rules are I mean at what age can they be trusted with social media I mean you want them to have a phone so you can make sure they're safe and if they need you they can call you and if you want to track them you can but when are the you know what are the rules on ages for giving them social media yeah, I, this is one of the biggest challenges in modern parenting and it pervades our entire experience. And it's actually changed parenting to a, a kind of almost unrecognisable degree. So basically, we have to be realistic and that phones are now a part of our lives. Um, I think that by the time most children in the UK go to secondary school, they will have one. It's basically about how we train them to use them and what how we frame phones. So I would say that, you know, when we first give our child a phone we tell them they are not toys and we also remind them that they are not theirs that doesn't mean we don't give them some privacy on them but that kind of reframes the power balance um i also think just in the same way as you wouldn't put a learner driver on the m1 you don't give your child uh 
a completely enabled smartphone from the word go. Mm. So there will have to be a certain amount of practice. Now that can take the take the, the form of, for example, before they have a phone, you could give them access to the family tablet on which to access social media and you can monitor that. Um, you can say that if you are to join social media, then it has to be within a closed group of friends or family and friends. Um, you could also say as they get older, do you have a cousin or a family friend that you trust just to keep an eye? And then as they develop the skills not to get into conflicts, not to say things that they will regret, that they understand how to curate the experience properly, uh, they learn how to block, they know how to report, all those things, that then you can gradually allow them a little bit more freedom and liberty once they've had that kind of experience of it you know and mm. also you're not re you're not ready to give your child a phone unless you personally are ready to talk to them about issues like pornography of course because um, it's all there yeah. isn't it mm. for them you can and they get group whatsapps with the mates and they'll get sent all kinds i mean my niece she's 20 now but when she was younger and she it was facebook was the only thing out when she was like a lot younger and my sister allowed her to have a facebook page but it was she had all the the, the passwords for it so any friend request that came through it they came through to my sister's phone as well so she could approve and she did openly say some of these friend requests were from older guys who none of them knew and they, you know so that's where she'd like no absolutely not so exactly so that's why you have to accompany them in order to show them the red flags we have to accept there are people who are hovering around particularly looking for young sort of naive very trusting um, tweens and younger teens who just don't know so we have to be present with them and we have to keep talking to our children about their social media and phone experiences. And, you know, what have you seen today? You know, what happened there? What, what happened in that WhatsApp group so that they can process it? You know, social media and phone use, phone use is not in itself unhealthy because there's a middle way in everything. But like if you give tweens and teens access to social media for more than an hour a day, that's when the rows and the problems start to break out. So if you can ring fence that hour a day, to after homework, you know, after stuff is done um, and long enough before bedtime so it's not going to keep them awake and also always keep those phones out of the bedrooms at, at night because that's when the problems really flare up. Mm. They're more likely to be groomed, they're more likely to get into rows. So as a parent, just basically say, yeah, you have this amazing tool, but it's not a toy. Let's work together so that you can use it healthily. Phone use is really a health issue. Oh, well, thank you so much for that, Tanith. That's... Literally, I've, I've learned a lot there. I mean, I my daughter, she's only yeah. four, but yeah, me and Abby, were both like been nodding at each other. Um, <laughs> thank you. Tanith, when's your, your next book out? So What's My Teenager Thinking is out in January. I'm Brilliant. excited about that. Well, anyone with a teenager, you can check it out. No problem. So we've received loads and loads of WhatsApps and emails and messages on social, but we have saved this one for last because this, for me, even even reading this is making me cringe. This is what happened to Emma. Hi, Gemma. Um, a couple of weeks ago... Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm telling you this. Um, I was getting ready for a night out and I was doing a bit of essential pruning, shall we say needed my tweezers and I needed the torch on my phone so I could get a better look. So I put it on, got stuck into the task at hand and I realised that 
my phone was on Instagram Live. So every single one of my followers had seen what really you don't want anyone to see. Um, it's, it's actually mortifying. Oh, my God. Well, first of all, I have to admit, we've all, we've all been there in the plucking of the vagina. I think yeah. every I yeah, think every woman has plucked it. Yeah, if you haven't. You've never we've, lived. We've all had an ingrowing hair down there that needs a pluck. Um, second of all, why? What well, could it not just be a torch or the light? Why do you need to? Why the light on your phone? It's a big <sighs> risk, isn't it? I mean, I've never. I don't even know how to go live on on Instagram. I don't even know how to yeah. do it. So maybe she was just like me, a little bit like naive and didn't think that you could even end up in that position a lot of people go live once they've had a few drinks and then the next day are like oh my gosh you know i i, I always try and say don't go on any social when you've had a drink but imagine like the second that you realized because people will see that oh such a body's live click to join and they'll just be it'd be like their face is in yeah. the vagina because it's so it would have been so close to the skin yeah and was it like Pants on, pants off. Like, what could you really see? You know, like it's just. Oh, oh that is. Like, I reckon that's like one of my worst. Like, like a fear yeah. that something like that would happen. I've got a fear that I'll be like, you know, you like getting get a shower and you might be naked and you're sat on the loo and you have a little, yeah, like, on WhatsApp. It's quite easy to just call people on WhatsApp. Yes. Imagine video calling like your family group and you're sat and the there nerd. completely naked, all your rolls, yeah. boobs out, everything, and you're like. It's never happened to me, but it's a fear. I have it now with Mia because she'll sometimes, she likes looking at pictures on my phone and she scrolls through them all the time. And I've had incidents where I've been, you know, getting out of the shower and she's on my bed going through my phones and you just hear this, and I've gone over and she's FaceTiming someone. You know, she somehow accidentally managed to do it. And I'm like, no, no, turn it off, turn it off. But yeah, it's it's just one of those things. I mean, that's the thing with the, they're not just phones now, are they? You know, like like Tanith was saying, it's you can do all sorts on them. There's social media, there's emails, there's banking, there's a, even a torch on them. Who put a torch on it? Do you know what I mean? It's their fault for making them so so available for anything you need to do, including obviously plucking your vagina. Wow, as always, thank you to everyone who messaged us and to those who came on to share their story. Wow, we've been so lucky to come across such amazing storytellers. And thank you, as always, to Abby. We're going to be seeing you again, aren't we? You'll be back. And as ever, we would love your comments on this episode and your reviews because it really does mean a lot to us. You can get in touch whenever you want to via our WhatsApp. That's on 07761039898. Or you can email us at theovershare at bowermedia.co.uk. That's theovershare at bowermedia.co.uk. The Overshare is produced by Matt Foister and we shall return. There's much more to come, including the episode that I'm getting so many messages about coping with grief there's also some partner pregnancy fails and epic first date disasters all on the way as the overshare continues gosh so just don't pluck your vagina anywhere near your phone i suppose <laughs> invest in a proper torch and when uh, and you're safe